Hi, everyone, and welcome to Viva La Flora Live Podcast, where we bring you the art and business of flowers. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, and welcome back. Today's guest is Alicia from Flirty Floors. Alicia is much better known for her incredible flower studies that she's done. I have to say, personally, I've gone back to her rose studies before selecting a rose for an event more times than I can count. And honestly, it's been so helpful. And I'm so appreciative for someone who actually took that time and put that effort in helping this industry um, the way Alicia did. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. So let's get started. Well, hi, Alicia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me as a guest. I'm excited to talk with you. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited to get to know you. I feel like I know you through social media, you know, quite a bit. Love watching your, you know, little rose challenges or I guess studies. I was just saying challenges. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love those. So, but before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about you. So um today, well not today, but September 1st, burnt 20 years full time in the floral industry. So wow. that's kind of hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. 20 years ago, I went, I just jumped in full time. I quit my computer software job and I can hardly believe it's been that, that long already. So, um, I am originally from California. I grew up in the Bay area. I eventually ended up moving to Denver, Colorado. My best friend moved there and I was up for an adventure, while there, I had a floral design business for 10 years called Bella Fiore. And mm-hmm. during that time, 10 years ago, I started the Flirty Flares blog. Honestly, just for the heck of it, like mm-hmm. I was talking to some friends. I said, I just feel like talking about the floral industry. I don't know if anybody will ever read it and I don't really care. I'm just going to do it because it sounds fun. And here we are 10 years later, and it has just, it opened up a lot of doors for me. It was, it's been a lot of fun. So, and then around, um, two th- end of 2013 into 14, my husband who I had met in Colorado, he took a job in Northern Washington. So we ended up moving here. And we have been here now for what is that six years or so, and I do still have Bella Fiore. I still do a few weddings, and mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time working on flirty flares and just all kinds of weird projects that come my way. So, we live on an acre up in um, an hour north of Seattle, and I grow lots of dahlias, quite a few roses, and um, yeah, just a little bit different life here in Washington. It's very pretty. I hear it's really good place to grow flowers. Yeah, dahlias love it here. Yeah, (laughs) I have not been. I haven't been in Washington yet. I have to visit. It is. It is very, very green. They call it the Emerald State for good reason. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They thought Florida was. Uh. -uh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you grow dahlias. Do you grow for just? For your purposes, or are you grown as uh, you know as a grower supplying other florists with? Uh, I mean, do you grow enough product to do that? 
A few different reasons. A lot of it was curiosity when I moved here. I love dahlias. Uh, Colorado's a very dry climate, so not much mm-hmm. grew there. And I lived in a condo, and I worked way too many hours to worry about growing anything. So when I came here, I just wanted a garden, and I started growing them. I use them for my weddings and for classes I teach. And then if I have friends who need flowers, maybe the market ran out, I'll supply them. Mm-hmm. And then I also trial quite a few different dahlia tubers for long-filled gardens. So it's just got a whole lot of different uses. I, I try to keep it, though to a maximum of 300 plants a year. Okay. (laughs) At one point I had like 400 to 500. I'm like, this might be a little bit more than I need because I am not a flower farmer. So I I try to scale it back a bit after that that year. (laughs) I, I cannot even imagine how much work that is. I just recently visited a local farm, um, you know, and they grow quite a few dahlias as well. And, you know, we're walking through the farm. It was my first visit. Um, and, you know, they're telling you all about it. I mean, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. They have great product. It's not just dahlias. But then, you know, the the whole netting and then uh, deadheading and then, you know, making sure they're going upright and the bogs are not yeah. getting into it. And all of this. And, and I'm like standing there, like listening to them talk about this and they're loving this mm-hmm. i'm having anxiety <laughs> i'm like oh my god this is so much work and then when you know you're trying to sell the flower this flower they're like but why is it so expensive it's just flour i'm like well let me tell you the story about this one little flower yeah. um, but it, it definitely puts things in different perspective kind of seeing it from that side we are so lucky here in Washington state because we don't have as many bugs as some other areas. Mm-hmm. And so I don't net my dahlias. When I saw that online, I saw on Instagram nets. I I just, I was floored. I cannot imagine the extra work those farmers do and the patience they must have to go out there and net. I, I think if I had to net them, I would I'd be done. Yeah. The deadheading, I don't mind. It's a nice evening activity. I'll go out there and deadhead while they're getting watered. That I can do, but nets is where I draw the line. <laughs> right. I mean, and they have to yeah. move those nets up every yeah. so many days because the flower grows underneath mm-hmm. them. I just, I, I mean, my heart goes out to anyone who grows flowers. Yes. I mean, any kind of farming for that matter. I mean, it's just such a labor of love. And yeah, well, more power to you. But yeah, that's amazing that you don't have to do that. Thank goodness. <laughs> farmers farmers are amazing. I Where I live is where a lot of the farmers who supply Seattle live. So I go over to their properties quite a bit and just... They're up before the sun comes up and they're out there until they basically pass out and go inside to sleep. I mean, it's intense. Mm. All, uh, they're amazing. All these farmers are amazing. I'll stick with my gardening. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. I stick my yeah. deck gardening so far. Hasn't expanded further than that. Um, or a little bit, you know, a little bit of a few things here and there things that I can keep away from the animals. That is, I have everything you can think of, you know, really? just about, oh, oh my, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bit tough to grow anything around here without a fence, but so, um, where, where are you located? Maryland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not even that it's our house backs up to a, um, state park. Oh, so we have, 
I was just having a podcast interview with another person. I was telling them all about this. I'm like, so I have a deer, rabbits, chipmunk, squirrels, fox. Well, fox are harmless as far as the gardens go. Um, yeah. And just recently we had a beer, a bear in our, neighbor, <laughs> on our neighbor's deck right next door. I'm oh. like, oh, okay. Well, that's exciting. So <laughs> all birds, you know, and all kinds of birds. They eat just about everything. Anyways. So yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, we have way too many chipmunks where I am. I, I'm a little over the chipmunks this year. <laughs> I have one that visits me every morning. Oh. Just, yeah, it's kind of cute. But, yeah, it's, it's my tiny little flowers that he can kind of reach, you know. But other than that, yeah. Anyways, so I went on your blog page, of course, you know, and uh, I've been on your Instagram page. I've been following you and you're doing this rose um, studies or this flower mm-hmm. studies, essentially. I love those. They are, they've been so informative and awesome. so much fun to watch. How did that start? You know, it's interesting. I see those photos everywhere. I'll see them all over these different Facebook forums. And I kind of laugh. I kind of kick myself because when I first started them, I didn't know to put com on each image. Uh, so I see them float all over and people are very confused. I wish I would have put it on there so they would know to go to the website and get more information. Um, I saw a Facebook forum post yesterday and in it had three different images from one study and none of them realized that they were images from the same uh, website or anything. So I just kind of, I, I think it's cool. I'm happy people really enjoy them. I'm getting better at actually labeling them. Um, how it came apart along one time, I was actually driving, my husband's from Nebraska and it's a very long drive from Omaha to Denver. So we were sitting in the car one day coming back from a holiday and a friend of mine from Chicago is texting. She's like, I do not know what white rose to use for this wedding. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, when I get back to Denver, I'm going to go pick up a bunch of different roses, let them open completely and start taking photographs of these. And so that was the white rose study. That was the first one we did. And it went viral. It was uh, maybe like the first year into blogging. And I think that mm-hmm. is what really made people go, huh, 31st has some interesting information. So <laughs> since then I've had wholesalers approach me and they want to sponsor the post. So they'll send me anywhere, usually like eight varieties, eight to 10 varieties. And it's time consuming. I have to be home or not traveling for at least two weeks. So I probably mm-hmm. should have done a few of these studies this year since we can't really travel. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> I should have lined them up every week. Um, I am thinking maybe next week I'll go to the wholesaler and pick up some different colors and do a few more because mm-hmm. anybody I meet and they hear flirty flares, the first thing that everybody says is the rose color studies and Mm -hmm. they do they take two weeks of notes I take photographs as they open up I write like is this a really thorny variety is this a small head for bouquets is it for centerpieces and I just try to write down as many useful little tidbits as I can so um yeah like I say all over Pinterest oh my goodness gracious (laughs) they're everywhere those (laughs) images (laughs) Well, you know, so 
sounds to me that there is a book somewhere in there. I don't know. I'm just saying. You're not the first one to mention that. I I haven't gone there yet. I guess I'm wondering what else I'd want to put in there. But um, I think you're on. Yeah, I think there's something there. A book or something people could use during bridal consultations would be fantastic so that's even yeah that's even better I mean I'm thinking like for myself when I first started doing flowers I had zero idea about anything I mean I could recognize a rose that's how far my knowledge about the rose went there was a small rose and a big rose and a medium rose perhaps and there's I don't know a red rose and a white rose and a pink rose I don't know Uh that's that's uh literally the extent of my knowledge but then as you get into all of these varieties and, you know, learn the nomenclature side of things, it's like, oh, my God, especially when you get into hybrids, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's insanity, like how wide this range is. I mean, it's a rabbit hole. You can keep going. Keep but going, yeah. it was it was interesting for me. I've done sort of similar things for me, not for study purposes, but like if I saw something that I've never seen, like a different variety, I would buy and bring it home, put it in, Mm -hmm. kind of watch it, see what it does. But it's a very expensive hobby if I did that with every single rose. So if there's a product out there that is mm-hmm. supplying all that information i'm just saying i'll buy one <laughs> you know it you have a good point there i it's so and i do see people do this i think they're afraid to buy flowers and just put them on the table and watch them but i think it's the best thing to do because you never know how these different flowers we we do events and you're you get flowers on wednesday you work them thursday friday they go out the door saturday so mm-hmm. I found it really interesting with the studies to get these different flowers because I've done other things too, like the hydrangeas, clematis, mm-hmm. and I'll just put them off to the side and see how long they last and what do they do. So other studies I've done on there too have been things like spray them all with crown and glory or spray them and how long can they last out of water. And so mm-hmm. I, when I had my studio, I always just had one table set up and I was always conducting some kind of study on it. So funny. Mm-hmm. Keeping it out of water, I literally, till today, I'll do that Good. if I'm doing an event. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put that thing to the side because sometimes you can't really quite tell how fresh the product also is and yes. how fast it's mature on you. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this ranunculus looks great right now, but the petals are going to go tomorrow. So maybe yeah. for the future, this is not the guy. I don't know. So yeah, it's just, I've, I kind of, I literally, I have that one little flower that looks hey, semi-okay. It'll just get, you know, literally head chopped off and onto the table. So, such a good idea. Such a good idea. Mm-hmm. It happened by accident. You know, I saw a few that just kind of, they decided to volunteer. And I'm like, oh, that was such a useful information, you know, from yeah. that. But yeah, no, that was, that was great. I, I really like, I truly enjoyed that. That's one of my favorite things. So I'll just go and like, just keep them like, oh, this is fun. That one is fun. And the color change also. Yeah. As, as they're right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of a um, big one as well. But, um, I want to kind of segue into, well, I guess not really segue into, let's talk about the flirty floor. So you started as a blog, but right now it's much, much more than just a blog. I mean, I feel like it became almost a, you became almost like a reporter beyond just a blog. 
in, in, in a way, like a connector piece for the industry yeah. mm-hmm. or a crossroads, you. if you will. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find the right word for it, but I can't. But I guess maybe like some sort of a connecting piece for the industry. So talk to us a little bit about that. How did it evolve, you know, evolve into that? You know, I think it started that way from the very beginning. So I had a blog on Bella Fiore. Mm-hmm. Let's see, 31st started 2010. I probably started blogging in 2007 or 8. And I would be blogging my own weddings, but then I'd pop in there with a blog on such and such florist is so interesting. Their work is this and that. I'm like, that was another thing that led me to Flirty First, where I'm like, okay, I need to separate these two things. And one of them needs to just be industry news. Mm-hmm. And it was just my curiosity that led me that way. I wanted to know like what made other designers tick, like what I had a very wedding style myself, you know, and then mm-hmm. I met like my friend Francois Weeks and she had this woodland theme always going on. So when I mm-hmm. first found her, I'm like, I've got to know more about this person. I've got to know what makes them tick and what draws their eye to this. And so it was very much like just curiosity that I started interviewing other florists to ask them and find out more about them. And then I became very interested in wholesalers. And because obviously we always go there, but I'm sure everybody agrees. It's like, you go in there, you have your order, you're picking it up. It's always rush, rush, rush. But I'm like, I want to know more about how they do this and how do they source their flowers Mm -hmm. and all of that. So I started blogging stuff from them and I was very fortunate. I met Yost, who is the owner of Flora Abundance Wholesale, mm-hmm. at a Holly Chapel event. Well, no, actually, I met him at an AIFD symposium of first, and then reconnected at a Holly Chapel event. And we just became buddies because he's like, what is this whole blogging thing you're doing? And um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is very interesting, all this online marketing. And so I ended up joining him for a trip to Holland to go to a trade show. Nice. And that, oh my gosh, my mind was just blown to go to these trade shows and you walk these floors and It's like, it just, it opened up a whole different world to me. It's like, you realize how many people are involved in our industry before we get the flower that we put into a vase and take to a wedding. Mm -hmm. It was something else. And I remember I was walking down this one um, aisle way and this man comes up to me and he says, are you Alicia from Flirty Fleurs. And I'm like, yeah, here I am in Holland. <laughs> What's going on? And he's like, yeah, I'm your, your biggest fan in like uh, Kenya. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? But he was a rose grower. So he had been watching the rose studies and wanted to see what was appealing to the American market. Uh-huh. I was so blown away by that. I, I don't know. I guess I hadn't realized how far it could really reach. So um, I think maybe that was one of the big times that I really felt how connected it all was in mm-hmm. the sharing and just... At that time, I think Twitter was like the number one social media. So it was amazing to me to really realize how we were really all starting to get very connected worldwide. So yeah, very, very interesting. 
That is very interesting. Well, I mean, we we kind of live in a semi-digital world of a sort, and I think COVID kind of made that even mm-hmm. more solidified in some strange ways. Yeah. Right? So, I think in a way, but it also kind of helped to deal with a lot of the isolations and, you know, the quarantines and, you know, Thank all of goodness. the things, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, in a way, it was kind of nice, um, totally unrelated. But my husband found this website um, and found actually a couple of those. I forgot what it, what it's called, but the essence of it is that you set up a, se- a screensaver for your computer. Hmm. As a computer background person, you might be <laughs> interested in this, right? <laughs> and um, you can actually select where you want your computer screen to look at. So it's a window to the world. Oh. So random people started from COVID. They would literally do 10-minute uh, video loops out of their window. So it oh could be goodness. somewhere in Italy. It could be somewhere in Africa, somewhere in Australia, New Zealand, all, all of these places. And it's live video loop. Wow. Of this beautiful scenery. You see these birds flying, sometimes people walking, and it's just all this sceneries. And, you know, I walk in, he's like, Would you like to see out my window? I'm like, What is that? And I realized what's going on. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, people are so hungry for connection. And this was, or to travel and all of these things that yes. this, this thing was born out of this. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was interesting. You know, I mean, I, I don't have it. I don't have that kind of time to have my computers. He has like three screens open at any given time. Oh my work. God. But one of them is a window to the world somewhere, some random beautiful yeah. scenery in the world. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, where are you, where are you today? It's like, yeah. So yeah, it was, it, it was kind of interesting how, sort of randomly connected we all are in this just yeah in this times but yeah I think with COVID it's been so isolating and lonely and sometimes you think am I the only one sitting home alone so when you see those screens you realize no it's it's the whole world is dealing with this right now Mm -hmm. and it just kind of helps with the scope of it all yeah. How how are things going for you guys in your state as far as the weddings and, you know, the, the wedding market? You know, we in the U.S., we were one of the first places where the COVID actually came in. Mm-hmm. So I would say that I've been out of work since March 1st. Um, it happened very quickly here where mm-hmm. things just shut down. And so over the summer, yes, I'm going to say almost all weddings either canceled or moved to 2021. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed we can do weddings in 2021. Um, I personally only had one wedding all summer that actually went through. Mm -hmm. And I just made up her flowers and went to the venue and dropped them off. Um, and I was out of there. I'm like, even with all the protective gear, I mm-hmm. did not want to be around that many people. So currently, I believe you can have a wedding ceremony with up to 10 people mm-hmm. and no receptions are allowed. I, I think that's our oh. current current situation. Although, of course, it changes all the time. So yeah, I was going to say. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, we get to live this and, you know, to tell about it at the end of the day, right? I mean, hopefully our industry will not be hit as hard because, 
Yeah, it's, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of opportunities in that sense. I think some people, I personally, let's not say some people, I guess, um, needed the break in a way to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, life was moving entirely too fast. I think in a way it actually, and, and ended up being a positive thing for my business and personally in, in the strangest of the ways. But I do see how much people are hurting also, yeah. you know, so it's just kind of, it's heartbreaking to see, you know, some businesses completely shutting down and farms going out of business and just things like that. It's just, yeah, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess none of us really know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Because it's, it's not over. It's still, who knows? Oh, no. Yeah. Who knows how many more businesses we're going to lose. Mm -hmm. Um, just today I saw on my Facebook feed, another one of our local floors saying, having major garage sale need to downsize my space. And so I'm seeing a lot of that people who actually have a brick and mortar for their spaces, or even if it's a studio, they're, they're downsizing. And I think part of it is, is we just don't know when weddings will come back. Will they be back next year? Who knows? So, um, and if they are, how big can they be? So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, well, I feel like things will come back. I don't think they'll come back to what we knew the industry to be as, essentially. I, I feel like it, there, there is definitely a permanent shift of a sort that's going to remain, I think. What that's going to look like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know? But we'll, yeah, we'll see. Well, um, mm-hmm. so Alicia, so you said you came from computers into flowers. You had to choose computer at one point. So growing up as a kid, how how did this happen? You know, I did not. Like when I was a teenager, I didn't like computers at all. I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. And then I went to college and I was actually a poli-sci major with international relations. But then I realized Mm -hmm. to actually um, pursue it, I'd have to continue my education. And I really just wanted to get my bachelor's and start working. So I switched to um, cartography, Mm -hmm. which is the making of maps. And I ended up lining up a job in San Francisco before I even graduated where it was a mapping company, but Mm -hmm. we were digitizing everything. So that is how it all came along. And that's how I learned a lot about how to use computers Mm -hmm. and how to build websites. I built my first website probably around 1999 for business of my own. And, um, or nine, 98 or 99. And at that time, there were not many florists who had websites. It was very, mm. the only other one in the Bay Area was another gal who worked at a software company who built her own website. So I ended up booking so many weddings off of this website. And, uh, wow. After a year or so, and I was trying to like work full time and do weddings on the weekends, I finally just said, that's it. I'm going to do this full time. So I jumped in there, but it is kind of funny looking back. Like, yeah, it really took off very quickly because I could do something that just didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And now I can't keep up with technology for anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, same. I feel like I'm always <gasps> behind the curve of a sword. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. (laughs) It is so fast anymore. People will tell you something. It's like, oh, okay. I haven't heard of that. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, let me let me explore that. And then a week yeah. later, it's like, oh yeah, I figured this out. Oh yeah, now we're not doing that. We're doing yeah. this now. It's like, wait, what? Exactly. Can, can we like park somewhere for just you know yeah. half second? And then yeah, yeah. It, believe me, I, I I know I I feel like I'm hundred years old when it comes to some of the you know internet related things. And and I know computers really well, and I understand computers really well. I, I've never done programming or any of any of any of that stuff, but I'm pretty confident in that. You know, yeah, at the yeah. same time, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, especially <laughs> social media. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Oh my goodness, social media. Oh. Although it is kind of interesting if you think about it. Facebook and Instagram have both, oh, they started becoming like the thing to do around what, 2011 and 12. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there really hasn't been something new in quite a few years here. Um, Instagram still tends to be the leader, so... Well, they they have this thing. They, oh, they no. take for everything that comes up. So Snapchat was becoming a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, you gotta do Snapchat for your business, and I'm like, Mm-mm. ah, no, <laughs> no. This is what I draw the lines. Yeah, and then <laughs> I I set up this Snapchat account to even see what this is. And I'm like, oh my goodness, absolutely not. I literally yeah, deleted absolutely. it out of my thing, and Instagram comes up with stories for Snapchat. So then, right, then Tic Tac takes off and then this whole mess comes out about it. And then now they they pull out Reels, which I don't even know what that is yet. I don't even know what Reels is. It's it's not even a month. (laughs) So it's the new thing on Instagram, basically Tic Tac version of or variation of the Instagram, which, um, yeah. So I think this might be actually kind of useful maybe for listeners too. Um, The thing that's kind of, what I'm coming to realize and reading more about it is that anytime they roll anything new, doesn't matter what it is, you know, when they mm-hmm. roll their Instagram TV and the this and the that or whatever, they are pushing that really hard. So as soon yeah. as you start doing those things, right, because they want you to use their new yes. little toys. So as soon as you start using it, they essentially reward you with a little more engagement as mm-hmm. in they allow your stuff to show to other places. So I, I did some random reels just so, so I can play. I was playing yeah, with it literally. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Really? It, it immediately, yes. It was, it was really interesting to see the engagement level of it kind of going up. And I'm like, okay, so then maybe I should have done TikTok. But then TikTok is kind of sort of hanging on to dear life right now. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. and it's all of these conflicting things. But, but yeah, it was interesting to, um, to kind of discover that on my own, essentially, because mm-hmm. I've always been like, all right, I mean, I'll do stories. Okay, fine, I'll do a story. You know, and I was like, by the time I started doing stories, stories is like kind of the has been. So with the reels, I started actually playing with it as soon as it came out, pretty oh, much. Interesting. And it's making a difference. You know, you touch on something very important, which is I don't think people realize Instagram, what I've noticed over time, because people say, well, how do you get engagement? How do you get likes and followers? It's Instagram rewards people. It's like if you do stories, they like that. If you do an Instagram live, you get rewarded. Like I just did um, a few lives last week and my numbers were spiking and my numbers have been down for a while. Like when COVID first came out, I was just so like 
the wind was taken out of my sails, which I know everybody can relate to, or most people can. Right. And so I wasn't posting. I went like a month without even posting. And then, but lately there's a lot to talk about. And so I started posting and sharing and yeah, they reward you with traffic. And so I'm very interested. Now I need to look at reels to see what that is because I'm, I'm, it's just, it's a curiosity thing. Like if I do this, Mm -hmm. how much traffic will it be? Yeah. So there's, there was a bit of a learning curve. Mm -hmm. My very first reel and none of my reels are like reels worth kind of really talking about. I mean, let's be real here. (laughs) Right. Does Instagram save them? Do they get saved or are they kind of like the stories where they're there for 24 hours? No, they actually save. Okay. They stay. Okay. And you get to choose to post um, either on reels only or um, on reels and your feed. And then you can then, I'm sorry, uh, reels um, and um, uh, your stories. And you can download it as a clip as well mm. then you can put that on tic-tac so you kind of do the work once and then you kind of distribute it everywhere wow the thing that does not pull yeah it's the music because you know you don't have proprietary rights to the music so it'll download your video mm-hmm. that you just created this 15 second clip of whatever that is and then you can then toss it onto your TikTok and just attach the same music or different music, whatever works. Um, but yeah, so I've been kind of playing with it. It's been it's been fun. But my first reel, because I was playing and trying to like find all of this little like nuances about it, because I've never done TikTok. I literally just took yeah. off, picked yeah. up reels. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? Um, it took me 30 minutes to do a 15 second video. <laughs> Yeah, it was exciting. <laughs> I was like, this is the worst 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. But then I kind of, you know, picked up on those little nuances. I'm like, oh, this, this, is, this is so easy. And you can actually save anything that you created as a draft and then come back and do whatever. And I'm like, all right, okay, fine. I'll play with this. It's a nice little, you know, evening before going to bed kind of passing time situation. Mm-hmm. You know, let's play with this. So, yeah, but... um. I can totally see you doing reels with your, you know, flower studies, like showing progressions and things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, now that I played with TikTok just for a hot second and uh, reels, literally I've like done one TikTok or two. I don't know. It's kind oh. of an embarrassing number. <laughs> but um, well, <laughs> the thing I noticed that... <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I think I'm going to continue trying okay. both and see what each one of them do actually, essentially, I'm trying to kind of do side-by-side study with them as well. Not a study, study, official study, but just kind of curious to see what it really does. You know I mean? Where is an engagement? Because there are not a lot of florists on, um, on TikTok actually. Hmm. Um, quite, quite a lot of them are using reels. I can tell, okay. but the TikTok, it seems like, um, everybody kind of looked at it as like this fun little goofy little videos that you just go and laugh at. So they never really kind of thought about it from a business perspective. So now it's kind of coming around and now they're creating TikTok for business or whatever. So it's kind of, they're, they're seeing that they're kind of missing an untapped market, I think is what's going on. Maybe, I don't know. These are all just, you know, I'm a good speculator when it comes to TikTok. (laughs) I don't know. So, um, but the thing I can tell you when you start playing with it, with the reels, you can't really put photos in there. It has to be video clips together or one continuous video or whatever. Whereas with TikTok, I noticed you can actually insert images and things like that too. So that was kind of a part where I was like, oh, I can't park an image here. So this needs to be, you know, clip 
of a video, even if it's a second or something. Okay. So, but that was kind of a, yeah, a little bit of a learning curve there, but yeah, I, I'll be curious to see what you're going to come up. I am. Yep. I have not taken the time and I keep thinking I should look into this. So yes, you're encouraging me. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to see if your flower studies to flourish and, you know, expand. Yeah. Like I said, I really enjoy it. And I, you know, I have to say, I think, I think the floral industry is kind of speaking to you, you know, because everywhere you go, everybody kind of talks about those things and you see it popping up everywhere. So, you know, so they, just saying. Yeah, yeah, they're enjoyed. That's good. That is good. So what, what advice would you give to a person that is a newcomer to the industry? You know, you've, you've been in it for about 20 years. You're still doing weddings, right? Not quite as many, mm-hmm. but you're doing them still, nevertheless. And you're still involved with the industry now, kind of a little bit on wholesale slash farmer side of things as well. So, so here's a new person who's like, yeah, I just kind of tired of my corporate job or whatever job I've got going on. And I kind of want to do flowers. I feel like I'm artistic. What would you tell this, this person? You know, what's so different now from when I started, nobody used to talk to each other 20 years ago. Like finding a mentor back then was nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, People used to be so secretive. They wouldn't teach you anything about pricing or anything like talk about finding everything out the hard way, which honestly, at times I'm glad that I did have to experience everything because I think it means more, but for anybody starting now, it is in a lot of ways, a lot easier because for one thing, there's hundreds of Facebook forums available for florists to join. Mm -hmm. And I think almost all of them are free. And then there's tons of online education. I personally do have three online classes available. Um, And there are just so many people who have online classes available. None of this stuff used to exist. So Mm -hmm. I think do some, especially this year, because obviously there's not as many in-person workshops. I do typically teach quite a few in-person workshops. I love teaching, but obviously not happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many resources online. There just is. And so I would suggest start studying all those. Like I say, I've got three online classes mm-hmm. on Flirty Flirts, Allison Ellis. She started writing blog posts and then videos for me over on the blog. Oh, probably soon after we started. And so she has almost eight or nine years worth of blog post. And so I would say read every single blog post and watch every video of Allison's because she talks about pricing. Mm-hmm. And pricing is one of the most important parts of this. Uh, people just have this tendency. Well, artists, artists want to be appreciated they want their art adored and they have this bad tendency of just giving it away (laughs) so start out on the right foot charge accordingly go to these sources like what i have a pricing guide on flirty flares allison has written Mm -hmm. many articles 
go in the Facebook forums, just read up on that stuff, get to know what the prices of wholesale flowers are, learn about the markups, do um, take notes after every single wedding, even to this day, well, back when I used to do a hundred weddings, I didn't keep up with this because I was too busy, but um, like a hundred weddings each season, that was crazy. But still, Mm -hmm. after each wedding, write down what you feel you did right. Write down what you feel you could improve on. Write down things you don't want to do again. Write down notes on what flowers were available, what did well in the weather that week, and take notes on the pricing. Um, Dahlias are a great example of a flower that can really change in pricing. So when I they're very inexpensive here in Washington. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Colorado, five stems would cost me eighteen fifty. So, but that could really change. In middle of August, it might have dropped to five stems for twelve bucks. So, start writing that down. Keep notes, and that way, when you're writing out your bids, you can go back and go, okay, second week of August, this is kind of what I paid, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take lots of notes. Thank you. That's gold <laughs> right there. That was a whole lot of talking. <laughs> no, that was that was amazing. And really thank you for sharing that. I I truly wish someone told me those things when I was starting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had to learn a lot of things kind of the hard way as well. And I'm only 10 years into it. Honestly, I have a 10 year old business. Wow. If that makes sense. Awesome. <laughs> right? Because you know, I had I have I still do have a really good job. I did it kind of because I liked it and gave me the flexibility to say yes to the things that I wanted to do and no to the things that I yep. did not want to do. But for me to have set back and kind of called that particular eight years of it per se a business, it's a joke. Because it wasn't, it was a glorified hobby, um, you know, and I had to kind of recognize it for what it is. I do now at the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm running a business, I think, <laughs> right? So it, it had to, you know, I had to go through some serious, you know, I guess, way of thinking changes in order for yeah. kind of make that mental pivot first and then kind of go into it. So, um, and that just was literally two years ago and things have been absolutely amazing. Cause I kind of stopped doing weddings. I'm like, what's the point? I'm losing money right, left and center. So I was competing continuously. I was having fun, mm-hmm. but I'm like, all right, it's kind of like one of those moments. Either I need to do this as a business yeah, or I just need not to do this at all. I see that sometimes, you know, I'll remember this one time I got a comment on the blog and I had been talking about pricing and the importance of not overstuffing arrangements. And somebody said, well, Mm -hmm. it's up to us to make it beautiful. So if we need to stick in some extra flowers, we should. And I just started shaking my head. It's like, no, you're Mm -hmm. never going to make a profit. Like if you're better off going and probably working at Starbucks is actually a very good job. You get benefits and everything. But seriously, like if you can go to Starbucks and make more per hour, why wouldn't you like why you mm-hmm. might as well go have job security with benefits if you're not making as much as you would there it's time to rethink what you're doing with these flowers and i see it all the time with beginners they 
they break even or they lose money. Oh my gosh, it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you've got to stop and back it up and look at all the expenses and what you're actually making per hour yourself. And, um, mm-hmm. and like I say, I think people feel guilty. They feel guilty for asking what they're worth. So that's a big hurdle to get over. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the tip. That was, that was really good. And it was really amazing. And I know a lot of people do need to hear that. And like I said, I mean, a few years ago, I needed to hear that. And I, I guess, fortunate enough to have some good friends that I could ask questions to who just basically were like, okay, well, let's really talk about this. Why are you, what's your goal here? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Now, mind you, I am running a multi-million dollar business. business And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I need to take this seriously. I know how to do this. I know what I need to do and I need to make it a business and not a hobby, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that was a, Mm -hmm. that was a big mindset shift for me, but well, thank you, um, Alicia. This this is so much fun. Um, So what's next for you? What's the next chapter? What is next for me? Well, it's, you know, I'm trying to not overthink things right now because this is such a strange time we're in with COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a great year planned like many of us. And I was supposed to be teaching a workshop in Tuscany and I was traveling to Colombia to see the roses down there and just had all this great stuff planned and it all disintegrated. Like we all know. And so Mm -hmm. right now I am being very easy on myself and I don't have big plans just yet. I'm just kind of taking things as they come. This, um, currently I've been very involved with the Fleur Society Summit online. And so I've been putting time into that and really just enjoying it. And I also work a lot with Longfield Gardens on new collections. They are not a florist. They're actually a supplier of bulbs and tubers to like home gardeners. So I work with them a lot on making collections of colors. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just taking this time to like each project that comes along. I'm enjoying it. And who knows what next year will bring? Who knows? (laughs) Hopefully I can travel again. I, I love oh, to travel. So. I hope it brings lots and lots of travel and fun flowers yeah. and new experiences. And yes, workshop in Tuscany sounds absolutely amazing. I'm sure they'll come back. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had already had one planned for 2021. Um I believe mm-hmm. if it isn't sold out, there might be like only one space left because almost everybody from this year went ahead and just transferred to next year. So mm, makes sense. yeah. And so, you know, that's the end of May, 2021 and hopefully I'll be over there enjoying life. <laughs> I just can't wait. I just <laughs> want to go and design flowers in Tuscany and it's going to be awesome. So yeah. All right. Well, I cannot wait to maybe catch up with you after your Tuscany trip. That'll be <laughs> little chat. Well, I really, truly appreciate you. And uh, we'll share all the information, how to get a hold of you um, in your, in our show notes. But if you can kind of share how people can get a hold of you for those who don't know you, I doubt there's so many of them, but you never Uh, know. You never know. If they haven't been looking for roses, they may not have stumbled across it. Um, The website is Flirty Fleurs. 
F-L-I-R-T-Y-F-L-E-U-R-S.com. You should see how many different variations I see of that name, Flirty Flurs. It's kind of funny. (laughs) And so that's the website with all types of 10 years of floral Mm -hmm. knowledge. I mean, there's just so many different interviews and everything. So take some time to visit that. Mm -hmm. And then on Instagram is also Flirty Flurs and Facebook as well and Pinterest. So I think those are the three I stuck with. I haven't expanded into any other social medias. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of time it is job. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed on your website, people can also become contributors. Yes. Can you share what that is like? What can they essentially submit to, um, to the blog? You know, I like, in fact, I have somebody who emailed today and she's going to be writing on um, how businesses have reacted to COVID and what they're doing to pivot. And so I like interesting articles like that. Mm -hmm. I do sometimes have people submit just real weddings and I just, once in a blue moon, I've posted those, but not a whole lot because I feel they belong more on wedding blogs and I want to give people information about something that they can learn with the flowers. Even if it's like picking out Cafe LA Dahlias and how to treat them or something mm-hmm. just a little bit more in depth on forestry is important to gotcha. me. Mm-hmm. Well, I I appreciate that. And um yeah, all the insights and the good, really helpful nuggets. That was really good. Thank you, Alicia. <laughs> Thank you. It's been very fun to chat with you. Same. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, that was it for today. Um, be sure to check out the show notes again um, and ways to find um, Alicia, all the links, the link to her blog, all her flower studies and all the fun things that she's got working on, all her classes that she's teaching. And be sure to follow her on Instagram. I Like I said, in the beginning, I love her flower studies personally, and I still keep going back to it. I enjoy them and I really want her to continue doing this because it is so helpful you guys but um till next time well it's a wrap thank you everyone for listening for tuning in to viva la flora live podcast we'll see you next week